Hello and welcome to a panel discussion bonus from the Grand Geekery Show where I, Tyler, will talk to my amazing guests about certain topics regarding news, rumors, opinions, and awareness in the geek community. This is a way for you to basically enjoy what a panel that we have is like outside of a convention. Today we're going to be talking about the ever-growing discussions during the quarantine and for one specifically for years which are the Snyder Cut of Justice League, the almost finished and waiting for possible announcement of David Ayer's cut of Suicide Squad, and the possible three-hour Paul Feig cut of Ghostbusters 2016. Today, joining me are my guest, Michael Tanner, writer of Junior Braves of the Apocalypse at Oni Press, and host of our own show, Burn After Pitching, Sandra Demas, book editor by day and host of Story Geeks Podcast at Night, Yehudi Mercado, creator of Saifu from Oni Press, Fun 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 World at Oni Press, and also owner of Super Mercado Comics. And of course, our reoccurring guest, Vito, Vito Lapicola. Wow, sorry. Vito Lapicola. <laughs> Leonardo. 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 <laughs> Vito Lapicola, screenwriter. Huge fan, huge fan, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, screenwriter and host of a so, so Fast, So Furious podcast and Comics on Comics. How is everybody? But most importantly, what are you guys watching during the quarantine? <laughs> I'll start off with uh, Michael. We'll go down the line. Uh, I'm doing okay. I just finished my rewatch of Mad Men from the beginning. Oh, wow. Um, which is, a, that show holds up. It's still really good. Um, <laughs> it's a show that I, I feel like... Statement. <laughs> that binge watching actually helped because there's a lot of like jokes that are like they're references that um, are set up episodes beforehand, which you would have forgotten watching it at the time. Um, but yeah, so I rewatched Mad Men and I have a shutter uh, subscription. So I'm watching a lot of horror movies. So there we go. Nice. All righty. And Sandra. Yeah, I am uh, still getting through American gods and yeah, I love no gaming. So I'm working my way through that. What platform are you watching that on? American Gods is on Stars. Okay. So I I got the app. Okay. Yeah, specifically for that. And um, I feel like I'm always watching The Twilight Zone, like just kind of perpetually having that on. Um, But I'm also doing a lot of reading uh, because because I am a book editor. I love reading. So I'm reading a lot, rereading Stephen King books, reading editing books. So yeah, lots of reading, lots of uh, watching kind of the same old stuff that I enjoy. And then Quibi. I started watching 50 States of Horror. Oh yeah, Quibi. Yeah, yeah. Because of T-Mobile, it's free. So I'm like, well, might as well. (laughs) Wait, is is Quibi a paid service? I think so, yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) But it's everything's under 10 minutes though, right? So it's kind of a really strange uh, paid service. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I pay for YouTube, so it's... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Pay for YouTube. Pay for YouTube. Once you pay for YouTube, you can never like not Mm-mm. have paid YouTube because the ads are atrocious and interrupt. They're like every five minutes on yeah. non-paid YouTube. I can't stand it. So it's worth the twelve dollars a month. Okay. Yeah. I pretty much like watch mostly YouTube nowadays. Anyway. <laughs> All right. What about you, Yehudi? How are you doing? And what are you watching? I'm doing well. Uh, watching a lot of what we do in the shadows, the TV oh, yeah. series. It's the best so TV good. show. Like, it's really the only thing that can make me laugh right now. Like, mm. it's the best show. And I've I've been watching the new season because I still have cable, so I watch it on an actual TV. And then <laughs> I rewatched uh, I, uh, this past weekend. I just rewatched it from episode one. Like, 
binged all the you know all of season one and season two. Uh, and then I've been watching. Last night I watched an old Preston Sturgis movie hmm. called "I Married a Witch." Oh, nice! Veronica Lake. Yeah, never even heard of it. Just sort of randomly saw it on iTunes, and yeah, why not? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. What we do in the shadows and Barry, I think, are my favorite shows on like currently. It's they're both yeah. so good. Oh man! Yeah, what's yeah. amazing about what we do in the shadows? It's like you think you've heard every vampire joke, every vampire yeah. like spoof every vampire parody you've ever heard but like somehow they make it fresh and they like yeah, yeah. they keep one-upping themselves with every episode <laughs> all righty yeah. and uh last but not least uh Vito, what have you been watching and how are you uh i'm doing great um i'm continuing my uh spiritual journey that i talked about the last time i've been kind of like uh refreshing myself i've been binging everything and i and when i when i say binging everything i'm talking I watched all six seasons of Community. I've watched oh, wow. uh, seven seasons of Thirty Rock. Wow. I watched two seasons of What We Do in the Shadows. I and and I'm working full time, which is weird. So like I'm doing wow. this all at night. But I've been uh, I've been binging the hell out of stuff. I love What We Do in the Shadows. I've been a big Matt Berry fan for a long time. So yes. I'm really yeah. delighted that he's he's getting known in America now because yeah, I fire the nuclear yeah. weapon. Did you watch Ray IT Crowd purchased. as well? Yeah. Which one? IT Crowd. I love IT Crowd. Yeah, that's like one of my favorite uh, yeah, it's, shows. Oh, is he in? Yeah, that? it's it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's he's uh, he's in the second season. <laughs> yeah, okay. he he takes over after the first boss like quits the show. He oh, comes yeah. in as the son and just steals the show <laughs> yeah. from that point on. He's a genius. oh damn because uh, it just feels a little slow to me the first season. Oh well, the, he makes the it first so much boss? faster. Okay. Yeah, and, and that it's like gift. it's always sunny. Sorry, it is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, because when he comes in, it's better. Nice. I have to say, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place is where I first oh, saw yes. him. But you can you, you know, we almost got another season of that. Wow. I would if it when it started airing on Sci-Fi, if the ratings were good enough, Sci-Fi was going to produce a second season of Dark Place. Shit. But well, the ratings weren't high enough, so we, we did not get it. You can't see that anywhere, right? Like you can't even buy it's it on, on YouTube. You can find yeah, it I think you watch it on YouTube. It's, but it's, oh, okay, my, but not the, my absolute it. favorite uh, Matt Berry moment isn't even funny, but it's when he goes, "You and he were buddies, weren't you?" Yeah. Like it's so, his his line deliveries are so, oh, so yeah. crazy when he says Arizona. Like with an Indian instead of Arizona, like I had to pause it and like was laughing for like ten minutes. Yeah. He he is absolutely one of my favorite people. I have two friends, one in Texas and one here. Where every time we enter into a room where we're together, no matter how many people are in between us, we always go father, and then we, yeah. yeah, it's and confuse everybody in the room. It's, it's always yeah, great, yeah. and like. <laughs> Both of them happen like organically. Like I didn't say, "Oh, I have another friend who does this." I like both of them do not know that I'm cheating on the other by doing Ooh, the father scandal, <laughs> scandal, scandal with the yeah. But uh, today, Julius. <laughs> but today we're gonna be talking about um, you know these director cuts, the these new edits for films that people are just clamoring on about on Twitter. You know, knocking over you know metaphorical buildings trying to get. And <laughs> I just want to ask one. You guys, you know, what, how do you feel about, you know, director's cuts from the past? There are a lot of them that people that, uh, you know, overall, a lot of people have considered better, which are Lord of the Rings, Once Upon a Time in America, uh, Superman 2, The Donner Cut, Alien 3, Blade Runner, Daredevil, and even Hellboy. 
then also you have the ones that are not so great, like the Star Wars ones from the new uh, DVDs with <laughs> with the new CG. You have the T2 director's cut, Apocalypse Now, Mal- the Kevin Smith version of Mallrats, Donnie Darko, and then you also have a you know the big films like Pearl Harbor and the really small ones like The Warriors. So you know with that laundry list. You know, and that's just that's like the tip. I mean, there there are so many director's cuts that are out there, and I've seen, yeah. and these are the ones I've just, I've seen myself. How do you guys feel about director's cuts, just in general? And I'll start off with uh, with Mike. Um, I in general like the idea of director's cuts as an extra, like the the film as released should stand on its own. Um, you shouldn't need a director's cut to fix something. Um, the director's cut should just be like some extra flavor, a little bit of extra um, flair that you can watch in the comfort of your own home. Like the Lord of the Rings director's cut, yeah. the extended cut. I don't think they ever said the director's cut. It was always the extended cut. Yeah. That's great. I own those. I would just put those on and have them on in the background. Um, but my God, I'm not sitting in the theater for four and a half hours to watch it. <laughs> the, the three hours that I watched the regular cut, that was fine. It was good. I felt satisfied. And since you mentioned the Daredevil director's cut, I will defend Daredevil, the director's cut, mm. to my dying wish. I think it is much better than people ever give it credit for. I think it's I think it's a it's a good movie with the director's cut. With the theatrical cut being eh, it's not anything to write home about. Director's cut, quite good. Hmm. With now with more Coolio. <laughs> <laughs> I think he still only got one. Add more Maybe two. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm yeah. I I actually put Dare, I put the Daredevil in that list. Because no other move, no other uh, list I found online had Daredevil, and I wanted to give it love. So I'm glad that you love that too. Alrighty, Sandra, how about you? You know, I, I wonder if this is kind of because of my day job being an editor and me being used to seeing the original um, manuscript that an author submits, and then seeing where we take it and how we kind of force them to kill their dar- darlings and. create something that is a little or a lot stronger for the reader. Um, Then I look at that, look at director's cuts as well. Is it something that was um, that needs to be salvaged or is the director being self-indulgent in throwing that back in? So it really just depends. I think for the Snyder cut, that's very different than anything else. Like as much as I love Lord of the Rings and I would put it on and just play it in the background, um, it it's a bit self-indulgent, you know, but they, they also were dealing with something very robust. So the source material was so dense that I can see how, you know, they needed to add a little bit more to it, but not have us suffer through, you know, four hours of that in the theater. Cause it's really only for the hardcore fans. Um, but outside of that, I, I think it's just kind of a, a case by case thing. It really depends on the reason why um, there needs to be a director's cut. Is it because, something terrible happened in post-production or they just really want to add more stuff. And, and especially like the reason for him leaving, like that's just so tragic. And um, to think that as a result of that, he also didn't get the film that he intended, like that, that's something very, very different. So for that, I feel like absolutely let's release that. I can't wait to see it. Um, But for others, I think it's, it's kind of, it depends on the reason. Yeah. All righty. And uh, Yehudi. Uh, yeah, I love director's cuts. Like I am all for director's cuts, uh, except um, I guess I, I categorize it like if you can't go back, 
Like I do, I do put uh, Lord of the Rings under. You can't really go back. Once you see the full intended cut, it's hard to go back and watch the original cut. Sure, yeah. It's like, oh, this kind of this is missing. This would have been nice to have this context. And then stuff like the Abyss. Like I put the like the Abyss director's cut. You cannot go back to the original because it just makes no sense. You don't see any of the giant wave stuff and like the ticking clock of the movie, it's like, it feels like they, they just sort of like, I don't know, gloss over it. So stuff like, uh, yeah, I, I, if you can't go back, then I'm all for it. Now there's things like Blade Runner where controversially, I really like the original cut. Like I grew, I grew up on the original cut, like the, the cheesy Philip Marlowe voiceover. Like I loved that as a that, kid. Like that is so perfect. Yeah. The, the voiceover is absolutely necessary. Yeah. Man, there are so many people who would disagree with you guys. Like, no, so yeah, many. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, to me, like, the, I mean, it was a sci-fi noir. Like, it just like yeah. to take it out. I felt like robbed me of something upon rewatch. Now, I still love the movies, and I'll still watch every single cut that comes out. But like, it's all about if you can go back or not. I, I think that's how I sort of divide director's cuts. Okay, just so I can understand. Sorry, I just want to make sure yeah. I'm not misunderstanding. Are you saying that the, with like Lord of the Rings that they weren't completed, or you just the the, ex, so, the ex, it adds it adds so much into context between like interpersonal dynamics? Okay, that you cannot like to have those scenes cut out robs it. Okay, um, so it's like going from like vanilla ice cream to like something like Rocky Road, where you're just like, how yeah. is this? Yeah, okay, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. I just yeah. want to make sure that I'm under- sorry. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, and you, Vito, how do you uh, how do you feel about director's cuts? I I'm a big fan of director's cuts. As a as an aspiring director, you know, I think it's it's important that people are able to express what it was that they wanted to say. And I tend to see. I, I worked at a studio for a few years, and I watched how so many directors had to compromise their their visions. You know, whether or not you consider them visions now, but like, you know, it's 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 weird to me that a studio or or a production company would hire someone to make something and then completely contradict them at every step. So for me, it's interesting to see that they are able to get their vision out there, whether or not it was something amazing. Uh, Michael, I, I think the Daredevil director's cuts way better than the original cut, but I still hate it. I, I think <laughs> Stephen Mark Johnson is, or people who could have made that movie so much better. I hate the costume, but uh, it, it's, it, it is interesting. It's a far better movie when you watch the director's cut. It's more cohesive. Um, uh, I've never it's, even seen it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's weird because they're only, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, Michael, yeah, it's like five uh, minutes, but it's five minutes of context that makes you go, oh, my God. It just makes so it's so much better with that extra footage that it's almost like why the studio. It's five minutes. I mean, come on. But um, I also get the need to cut things. I, I'm a Tarantino fan, but even even when Sally Menke, may she rest in peace, was still alive, I think he was indulgent from the beginning. Yeah. There's I, I honestly, I think Pulp Fiction is pretty much almost a perfect movie, but you could still cut about 10, 15 minutes out of it. And it would just be amazing. But, uh, but at the same time, I, I, I like director's cuts. I think they're, they're vital. I'm eager to see the, uh, the Snyder cut. He's a hit or miss for me. Um, 
I, I really love 300 for weird reasons. Um, I'm a big fan of the Watchmen movie, even though a lot of people hate that. I Everything love that else movie. of his, though. Like yeah, it's it's like it's I had a weird story, too, because I, I won tickets to see 300 like a month before it came out. And like Zack Snyder was hiding out in the back eating pop. And and then wow. Gerard Butler was there. It was really weird. But wow. he told me he was directing Watchmen, which was funny. And I couldn't. He was like, don't say anything. They're going to announce it Monday. And uh, I was really excited. Um but it's it's one of those things where like he's either absolutely brilliant visually the guy he's like Michael Bay they, they all have great movies in them but they haven't made them yet I, I visually if you look at Man of Steel it's the most gorgeous thing you've ever seen yeah. when you look at the story you're just like why did they make this movie yeah. uh, I'm hesitant to see the Justice League cut but I'm eager to see if it was a train wreck my my thing is. Okay, if the movie was amazing, even though his daughter died, you know, which is a tragedy, why would they recut the entire movie? Why would they hire somebody to come in and remake it if the movie was amazing in the first place? You know what I mean? So I'm not expecting it to be amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. Been into production just on momentum alone. It's almost like you ever see all the behind the scenes of like the Pirates sequel? Yeah. It's like three. they started filming action scenes before the script was even written. Yeah, they had seven weeks of action uh, action scenes uh, shoes before Disney okayed the script. Yeah, <laughs> it's like that's what I imagine like, all these movies go through. Yeah, and, like they, I yeah. think, I think the wheel, the wheel fight. Yeah, they the had, wheel fight. Yeah, they were like, we'll just write something around these fights. So like the yeah. wheel, the wheel fight was like completely like they had Whereas, no idea. Like, what to do New with Michigan it. Impossible movies like that's how they 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 don't do it with a script they they do it by set pieces and somehow that works yeah for those movies i kind of love so this movie because they have christopher mcquarrie writing them and directing right. them now that's true yeah the guy's amazing so. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely i don't want to uh, derail a little too much but I, I did have a question as to what you were saying you're talking about how you know the director's visions and everything you know being brought onto a um a movie though like just just from you know because you're an aspiring director you know, just in your opinion, um, do you think that when a, when a studio and, and producers do hire a director that they still want a product that they are happy with? And do you think it's okay, you know, for something that is, you know, like, are you still satisfied sometimes whenever you do see a movie um, in a movie theater knowing that it may not even be the director's cut or what the director's sure, vision sure. was? Okay. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the Marvel movies, the Marvel movies have Kevin Feige's fingerprints all over them. That's true. You could, yeah. you could, you know, they all look like they were shot by the same the person. Yeah. They all have, yeah, they all have a, a similar feel. I personally would have loved to have seen the Edgar Wright Ant-Man. Yeah. Me too. That two minutes oh. that leaked. <laughs> that two minutes that leaked was so damned amazing that yeah. when I saw what, what Peyton Reed did, I was like, right. but, um, no, I, I I think a director needs to walk the fine line between finance and creativity. I mean, a great director like Christopher Nolan could pull that off. You know what I mean? Yeah. He makes movies that that are extremely smart, which most people don't go to see, unfortunately. And he makes movies that are well acted and well written. They're crowd pleasers, but man, does your brain hurt when it's over. I yeah. love that. So I think it's possible to 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 create something like that and 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 have it make money and have the studios leave you alone. Um, I just think that a lot of times the directors, their egos get in the way and they kind of, you well, know, they start getting crazy. Series, like, you you know, when you make a Marvel movie, you have to fit into the series of Marvel movies. And then right. same with Star Wars. Like, I heard that the, you know, Solo, the original Solo by uh, Lord Miller was, was going to be more like Spaceballs. 
than yeah. a Star Wars. I really want to see that though. I think those guys are so talented. I, I don't think it was going to be that over the top. Uh, did you ever see like there were some behind the scenes photos that I saw where it was like some of the cars looked like like seventies pit mobiles. Like it looked like it was going to be straight up spoof, and so that got me worried. Oh, okay. So I would, yeah, I was like, I don't want that in my Star Wars. Like, have it be a one-off, separate thing. Yeah. And and with that, I I've seen comedy Star Wars. Comedy Star Wars has been done to death between I, Spaceballs and like Robot Chicken. I don't need that. Like, I, no one no one's clamoring for that. I'm sure it would have been clever, but also like we kind of talk about self indulgent. Yeah, like, to what end? Yeah, I'm like I don't I yeah, don't but, need that. If you look at, I would argue though, you have the Lego movie, you have Spider-Man uh, into the Spider-Verse, you have, I mean, there's so many things they've done that looked like they wouldn't have worked on paper that I thought were yeah. really brilliant. Yeah. I, I honestly feel, I think that they were probably going to give us something closer to like Spider-Verse where it's humorous and it's got a lot of, there's a lot of fun in it. And I think, you know, Lucasfilm saw that and freaked out, but I would really like to see that cut. That's the cut I want to see, and the Rogue One original cut. Yeah, the Rogue One I'd original. Like to see that too. Be interesting. To I, I've actually, I, I yeah. know somebody who had at least seen a good majority of it, and absolutely of like, the Rogue One of Rogue One, and said that it was absolutely atrocious. Uh, atrocious. They were, they were oh, one. Really, they were one of the people who got to see an early screening of it and give uh-huh. and give the feedback. Too, I think they and they said that well, it was so bad. Other movies, like yeah, it's like well, the whole Dar- Darth Vader was not in the movie, like oh yeah, so so you know, like, to me, and he's really what makes that film. But I mean, that's that's here and there, there. But um, you know, I do want to talk about you know we were talking about you know a lot of a lot of these directors because you were talking about Man of Steel, which is also a Zack Snyder film, uh, being a gorgeous uh you know, Phil, you know, has, he's a great eye, like, honestly, and uh, not to, not to promote our own stuff, but we actually, on our Popmosis film podcast, uh, an upcoming episode is we actually look at um, his uh, Sucker Punch film, and we talk a lot about just, just that, so if, if yeah. you, but like, we, we really dive in and did some research on, 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 uh, really? on Snyder, just visually, and kind of what you're talking about, and yet, a lot of his films have director's cuts except for two which are man of steel and sucker punch apparently there's also one for uh i was a good well, there was a sucker punch director's cut is there oh wait there is one but i don't think it was released there was a it's a there's a scene that has a very bad uh con- context in it well maybe uh, i don't think it got released the whole movie has a bad context but that's yeah, for another movie yeah terrible. yeah that's a that's i don't that's something i don't want to talk about at this point but yeah there, there's a bad scene that happens that they had a, that they had to cut that they i thought were going worse, to worse than what was already up there yeah no yeah that's, that's what we say but so any but like you know on that is like you know you have a couple that Zack snyder had already been making you know director's cuts already for he, he did it for yeah. watchmen he's well, done I definitely think the reason why Snyder Cut has become such a phenomenon is it is it is the third in what is kind of a trilogy. That's like Man of Steel, Batman v Superman. Like it was supposed to round out, you know, the last chapter in a way. So I feel like that's one of the reasons like it became a thing. Yeah. And Batman v Superman also had a director's cut. Oh, did it really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. The, uh, was it called? I think the ultimate. Battle? Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I actually very much like, and that's why. And so, you know, w- with with this going, you know, a lot of people have been considered are are a lot of people are being considered toxic uh, for wanting 
this, you know, this director's cut. So now why do you think people are, are just name I guess my question is why why are people being so defensive and and going out of their way to call people who want a director's cut toxic? Why is this a different scenario than others? I think a lot of it comes down to the way the Snyder cut has been put forward by that fandom. Because yeah. that fandom the the issue there is the DC movie fandom feels cheated because none of their movies have been that good. So it's very uh, like, they're not like they haven't, they they haven't been touchstones. They haven't been cultural touchstones. They're not comparable at all to the Marvel movies. Yeah. So the DC movie fandom have made the Snyder, the idea of the Snyder cut as their, it's the excuse for why the movies aren't good. It's like, oh, it's if Zack Snyder had only been able to do his vision for the third movie, it would all make sense. All yeah. the movies would be great now. It's a it's a, a delusion of the fandom. Yeah. And so and the conspiracy of it plays yes. into it. It's almost like Yeah, it's like, oh, they've ruined it. Warner Brothers wants to yeah. ruin it. Warner Brothers um, wants to ruin it, and then all film critics are in the pocket of Marvel. Like yeah. it's what they think. To yeah. be fair, Warner Brothers may have wanted to ruin it because uh I had heard Jeff Johns talk about pitching like way before the current wave of movies. He pitched a Green Lantern movie to Warner Brothers and they were like, can you find a way to do it without the ring? And so <laughs> I do think executives well, are kind yeah, of full of crap. You know what I mean? So like in a way they are trying to ruin those movies and that's That's why it's important for a director to stick to his or her guns and like try to bring something, you know, that they want to see. I think that's more about an executive dumb than malevolent. Yeah. Dumb is malevolent. (laughs) (laughs) Sandra, what do you, uh, how do you feel? I mean, what do you think about this? You know, people being labeled toxic for wanting a director's cut of, um, I mean, and honestly, these people, it's not even just a Snyder cut people who are being now considered toxic. It's, um, lately as well. It's especially specifically the Ghostbusters fans of the one, the 2016 one for wanting to see the three hour cut of Paul Feig. They're also being now considered toxic fans. I mean, so how do you feel about, I guess, you know, for really either I mean, fan base. You know, well, the Ghostbusters thing is like a, an entirely different thing. I'm I'm a bit confused by that one. Um, as far as Justice League and like and DC fans, I think Michael really kind of nailed it in saying like, yeah, there's there's disappointment, and so might as well point to Justice League and say this is the reason. If we had only had the Snyder cut, it would be better, and we'd all be happy, and we can finally say that we had at least one win. Um, but but I think I'm of the perspective that like you can have your opinion and not be toxic and not label someone for having an opinion that's different from your own. So it's sad yeah. that I think people are labeling them as toxic because if they're behaving as such, then fine. But if you just have the opinion that I really want to see the Snyder cut, I love Snyder. And I mean, I'm not saying this, but if that's how they feel, mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, cool. Like you will go ahead and watch it and you'll watch the series. If it's a series, you'll watch the film. If it's a film, I won't, but like, enjoy it. You know, I, I mean, I will see it. I know I will, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not like passionate one way or the other. I'm super curious, but yeah, it's but, like a vocal minority spoils it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it's the same way with Star Wars. You know, someone yeah. tweeted tweeted like, "Oh, I, 
uh, I'm a Star Wars fan, but like, am, am I supposed to hate it now? Like, just kind of this confusion yeah. that we're supposed to hate it now. If I'm a real yeah. fan, I, I need to hate it. And I know it's weird with Star Wars too. Like, I remember like post Last Jedi, like yeah. I got called racist for not liking Last Jedi, and it's like, come yeah. on, like what? Yeah, yeah why? Yeah. Uh, well, because like I was excited about the Rose Tico character, but then yeah. like her side, you know, her side quest just felt like inconsequential. Mm-hmm. She's my favorite new character who's in the worst the worst plot line that exists in any Star Wars. Exactly. People so sort like, of like oh. took that on as like, oh, I need to defend Rose yeah. against the racists. And it's like you can have two thoughts in your head at the same time. Like because I was really excited about this character and for her to be like Oh the worst was yeah. Uh, the worst was was watching in Rise of Skywalker, where they're like, "Hey, you want to come?" And she's like, "No, I'm going to stay yeah, back yeah. here and do nothing." And I was like, I I "I'm going to stay home and study." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember that time nobody liked me uh, going yeah. to the horse race? I'll stay oh, here and do nothing. Like Jar Jar like, in, uh, in the third one. Actually, <laughs> can I? Um, actually, now that kind of reminds me of you know something that also people have been clamoring clamoring on about how would you um you know with with these toxic fans for people with you know the snyder cut and people who you know like we said like again i believe everybody i hope we all agree that it is just a small sect of people who do really want to see the the yeah so i mean how would you compare those two um i would say is a bigger percentage but also a minority of the people who really absolutely want disney uh, Lucasfilm to actually make the original script of Colin Trevorrow of Rise. Well, it, his wasn't even called uh, Rise of Skywalker, but Episode Nine. So, I mean, do you think that these these toxicities are different, or how do you kind of you know see these different levels, or maybe just if they are different levels? Uh, I mean, I read the du- Duel of Fates script, and it's not that good. Like, I don't know, yeah. like people have this idea it's almost like yeah grass is greener mentality like uh like if they ever did like i I like what boom did with the planet of the apes graphic novel like if you're gonna do something based on the original like do it as a side graphic novel yeah i feel like that would be an interesting exercise they did the and they they did the graphic novel of the original star wars the original um of you know the the original intent of george lucas before yeah before his partner um i I believe it was his wife who kind of was just like no this (laughs) she is a saint um (laughs) Uh, you want to hear it could have been a lot worse when when i was in film school we had an original it was the first draft of Star Wars in our library, and I read it. And the final attack on the Death Star was a planet of boys. It was like the Lost Boys. It was wow. all little kids fighting the Empire. It was absolutely terrible in every way. Wow. And Mace Windu was, believe it or not, in the original script. He was oh, wow. mentioned in it oh, without crazy. being in it. Yeah, it's really crazy. But uh, yeah, it was a planet of it was a planet full of of youth. Who hopped in starships and 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 blew up the Death Star? It was it was the worst thing I've ever read. Lord of the Flies. I'm so surprised that I love it now. Yep. <laughs> um, that director's cut. That's yeah. right. <laughs> A thousand Anakin's. Whippy. Lucas, Whee! go. Lucas, go back and uh, and shoot that. Um. No, I'm just I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, um, I, I, I actually like y'all's input, you know, about, you know, the toxicity and everything. And I really appreciate, you know, that, you know, and so with the Snyder cut with this, he was, he was replaced because of a, a horrible tragedy in his family. We've had other movies in, uh, in the past, American History X, AI, 
we just mentioned Solo, and I mentioned uh, Superman 2 earlier. You know, how do you guys kind of feel? Why do you think people are way more obsessed with the fact that he got replaced, you know, as opposed to, like, maybe people... You know, I, I just don't see anybody clamoring on ever, even because the internet was around. Nobody was, you know, clamoring around the AI from uh, a Kubrick, uh, you know, AI. I mean, he, you know. Well, well that, that, there were people that, at the time who were really upset that Spielberg was was taking over a Kubrick film and and would go and blame everything wrong with AI was blamed on Spielberg. Mm. And then people would be like, no, Kubrick's script does have the 10 different endings that keep going and going and going. Like it, that was Kubrick's vision. Spielberg did Kubrick's vision. Yeah. But at that time, early internet days, like there were, there were fans who were like, this is a disgrace. Kubrick is the greatest director of all time. How dare that, that popular hack Spielberg try to make it like it <laughs> well, existed, probably- but there wasn't Twitter. He probably got blamed for sticking too closely. Yeah. Like had Kubrick finished, then been able to revise from that, you could have gotten a better movie out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, but, so you think that uh, you think that Whedon kind of just went a completely different way, and that people just kind of yeah, with Joss Whedon, yeah, I'm sure he he was like, I'm a big enough name. This is what I would do with a Justice League movie. I'll take this piece and this piece, and then the rest I'm going to make all mine and new. Yeah, so I, that, I read that, that there were like eighty pages that he added. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a lot. And that it's speaks to the idea hard. of like what the Snyder cut actually is. Like, there's yeah, not like, enough filmed to make his cut. Yeah, like so that's why like some of it's going to be animatics and some of it's going to like really. I, that's no one's that, quite hundred percent sure. They are putting money into it, but like, are they doing like? There's going to be whole scenes that they can't do because they don't have the actors. Like, is it all going to be CGI? Like, I thought they were. I thought they were committed to um, doing reshoots. So they're not. not How? Yeah. ADR. They might do ADR, but then I Mm -hmm. I thought the was going to be CG. So it was announced that that I think I believe yesterday from when we're recording, which was the 25th, that HBO Max have are giving him a 30 million dollar budget. No actors are returning for um, for reshoots, so I believe it's going to no, probably no. be ADR, um, maybe CG, in maybe doing like a little Tarkin Leia action from Rogue yeah. One, and uh, <laughs> and that's going to be the thing when it's not good again. People are going to blame like, oh, if the actors had been there, it would have been perfect, mm-hmm. or like. It, there's just going to be a flood of excuses either way. I will say and, this: we do not have to worry about mustache Superman. They did, I know they did come forward and said we he will have a mustache in this film. So hey, yeah. I mean that's one win. <laughs> as long as he has the mullet. Sorry, Yahudi, like, what were you saying? Say, can we like step back like for a moment and, and just acknowledge how crazy it is that this thing is actually going to come out? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, because for the longest time we're like, ah, there's no Snyder cut, there's no Snyder cut, there's no Snyder cut. I'll never see a Snyder cut, and now uh, it's so crazy in this world we live in that hey, yeah, we're gonna see because it, it made sense that there wasn't a Snyder cut because the only there, people would say like because the only way to do it would be to throw thirty million dollars at it. Who's stupid enough to do that? HBO raises its hands and like even we need subscribers. Can you do it without the ring? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I will say this, you know, uh, you know, kind of bouncing off of that is a lot of people ask that about Netflix as well. When Netflix is pounding out millions of dollars into things that they just cancel anyway, a lot of people felt betrayed with uh, Santa Clarita Diet going on so long with having an open ending. Where I, I feel like 
at this point, thirty million dollars is nothing to streaming, especially yeah, with exactly. a especially with a launch of you know a new streaming service of HBO Max, which is massive. It has things that even Warner Brothers couldn't probably dream I mean, of they, they five spend, years ago. They have they spent five hundred million on South Park alone. Yep, like, yeah, South Park Studio Ghibli. They are yeah. bringing back Adventure Time. I mean, there is an godly amount of things that are happening not only on netflix but this hbo max this 30 million dollars to me yeah, it's really nothing disney plus did when it launched like oh yeah look at the disney plus stuff i mean they were announcing what 30 projects before it even came out like that's and you know like big you know like loki like tom hiddleston being on another contract i can't imagine how much he's, he's probably getting paid jim parsons money from big bang theory you know oh, that's 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 something i wanted to point out i was watching uh I think it was a guy called Valuetainment talking about the Joe Rogan uh, $100 million uh, deal that he made with Spotify. Oh, wow. And he said a lot of people think that $100 million is is a crazy amount for them to pay Joe Rogan. But what happened is the day after that announcement, the stock went from, I think it was $115 a stock to 186 So the owners of Spotify earned $5 billion overnight by announcing the Joe Rogan deal, which My means God. that Joe Rogan is really worth five billion dollars. Sharpen the guillotine. So a hundred million is nothing. They're gonna th- so for I have a buddy he was talking about how with marketing and with with the money that comes in from advertising and stuff, Justice League made something like half a billion dollars before they shot one frame of that movie. Oh, so yeah. it doesn't matter if it doesn't do that well in the theaters, they make a ton of money yeah. with all of their creative accounting. So even if it tanks somebody's getting rich somewhere. So $30 million is nothing for, for, for when you think about the number of people who are going to sign up for HBO, just to see that movie, they're going to make that $30 million in a couple of days. There was a, uh, I don't have the source with me though. There was a, a rumor that was going around a few days ago talking about that. They were using money to justify themselves because again, this is uh, the ones actually putting the money into is into this is actually HBO. It's not. Uh, it's not DC, and it's not Warner Brothers. But apparently, the money being shifted around, being used reportedly, is going to be the the money from the action figures, and uh, is actually from merchandise. Is somehow what was being reported. Products. Yeah. Joint. Basically. So there might be an even like. So there might be like a second wave coming out. But you know, and and uh, I, I guess regarding with this talking about things that are easily marketable and everything like that, but you have Ghostbusters, you know, you have Ghostbusters and Suicide Squad, two movies that, I mean, Ghostbusters, the original, are probably a lot more, you know, marketable, you know, with selling merchandise and whatnot, but, you know, the Ghostbusters from 2016, which a movie I actually did enjoy, I I liked it for what yeah, it was, I, I actually liked yeah, it. I didn't think it was terrible either. I actually think it's ex- the almost the exact same of, like, watching Ghostbusters 2, but I liked it. I I just love those. I also just love the actresses in it. I I also I just love them. And I like I, mean, I, I have a theory. I have a theory about that. I think if Feig had said it in the original Ghostbusters universe and acknowledged that this stuff had happened thirty years ago mm-hmm. and that this was the next generation, I think people would have absolutely embraced it. I that and and then you know you got all the trolls who are like, it's all women. What's happening? But like, yeah. I, I don't think people would have freaked out like that if it would have been in that same world. People would have loved it at that point. Yeah, also, I think they they filmed it all in Boston. Like, why not just make it Ghostbusters Boston? Like you are a yeah. A yeah. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. 
Don't yeah, even... keep it in the same universe. Yeah. Yeah. Universe. You know, I, I guess you know, with my question on this one is that Suicide Squad, David Ayer has been reported reporting himself. He said that his his cut is almost a hundred percent complete. It's a, he's he said it it won't take long. Uh, I'm looking at the article right now, and he says this will not take anything to finish this film. Paul Feig says that his director's cut is completed. It is done. It's a three hour long completed director's cut film. And oh, you know, for Ghostbusters, for Ghostbusters, yeah. Ghostbusters, like, if it's more plot stuff, that's not going to save it. Like no. mm. the problem with new Ghostbusters is everyone was the funny one. Like no one was the straight man. Like yeah. Yep. Like that was the problem. Not like where did this ghost come from? Like no one cares about that. Yeah. <laughs> so you so, so you wouldn't say that these that those would fall. Like, do you think that they all kind of fall in the same category? Because uh, you know Snyder left the project. Uh, David Ayer definitely I'm more sorry? chopped up. Suicide Squad feels more chopped up and makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, yeah. David Ayer has. I think there's a really good movie in there. Yeah, I, I think David Ayer is a really pretty decent director you know um yeah it, it's rid of all of that maudlin crap music they threw in there to make it guardians yeah. of the galaxy you know yeah. and and they gave the characters some actual backstory i mean my i the weird thing for me with with suicide squad is like if you have to have will smith repeatedly go hey remember we're the bad guys yeah, yeah. you're not doing it right yeah. like make your bad guys bad guys make them despicable and likable mm-hmm. pulp fiction does it it's yeah. heroin users and hitmen, and you love well, them the, when it's over. You knew something was chopped up because basically the first half of Suicide Squad is reintroducing the characters over and over again. Right. Yeah. Right. Like montages and like, this is what this guy does. And more Viola Davis, please. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, you're totally fine. I do have an article up that, that was released three months prior to or before the the actual theatrical release where it was reported that David Ayer was locked out of the editing room for this film. And he has been very vocal about saying that he was not allowed to edit this film. DC came in and did it for him. And see, honestly, and that's the thing with me with what worries me is that like, if you know, I don't think that they're going to let him show his out because I don't think he's in good graces with DC, but you know, and that's, or sorry, what were you going to say, Mike? I say like I don't, I don't trust a David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad because I don't think the bones are good of that movie. Right. I don't think anything can save that movie. Well, they if fight it was like Sludge Monsters and their villain is a is a sorceress, yeah. that's not what the Suicide Squad. That's not what this Suicide Squad should be going after. Also, the premise of this Suicide Squad it's really hard to say that fast is flawed from the get go. Cause how does a guy who's good at climbing fight yeah. Superman, which is the stated purpose of this suicide squad. Yeah. It's like, we need guys who can take what? down Superman. So we've got a guy who can climb. We got a, uh, um, we've got an acrobat with a baseball bat. We got a guy who throws boomerangs. We've got a guy who's really good at shooting guns, which yeah, Superman like- has impervious to. It doesn't, the bones of the movie aren't good. So I don't yeah. think, I don't think they're saving yeah, Suicide Squad, regardless of who cuts it. I was going to say, like, trying to shoehorn it into an existing, like, universe was probably the main problem. Mm-hmm. Like, had it just been an Escape from New York remake, you know, and they say it's Gotham, you know, that could have worked. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but I, I will say this, like, you know, that was reported and David Ayer has confirmed it that Enchantress was never the villain of the movie until reshoots mm-hmm. happened with him not being there with the B unit. Which is uh, weird. So who is the villain? Because that's like um, huge... I... was it the Joker? 
like is the no. entire thing the joker was always the joker, the joker was just supposed to pop in and out and just to just to mess with harley i it think that's never the fundamental intended. flaw yeah is the yeah. villain of that movie it should be the joker that should be the who's worse than the bad guys the joker like it the bones of that movie are flawed and it should be set on fire that's yeah. it's reported that cobra cult was the main villain oh, amanda who amanda waller yeah amanda yeah. waller but wait who is the villain supposed to be cobra, cobra cult Sure. The whole cult, the whole cult. Yeah. Anyways, so uh, I guess so. Do you so do you think that any of these uh, directors' cuts, you know, with how people are viewing the fans who want them and clamoring on for them, would you put any of would you compare any of these cuts to each other? Not at all. Okay. No. It's interesting. I mean, they as an academic exercise, I, I feel like we should see them, but in terms of like replacing the original canon or you know. The original intent, no. So I just rewatched Ghostbusters 2016, and I have the I think it's an, an extended version or something. It, yeah, there's one with like a few extra scenes, right? Right. And I I watched that with this podcast in mind, so I'm like, where would they add anything? And with Suicide Squad, I couldn't see how. Yeah, like completely getting rid of all of these vignettes at the like yeah. front loaded. Or I'm like, it just feels like music video after music video. And the, the music was really, even though I love music and I'm always paying attention to like Tarantino, how he uses music and just scores in general. I, I love that. It just felt so forced with Suicide Squad. So mm-hmm. I would love to see something that has more character development in a way that is a bit more organic. So I just watched Justice League again for this um, podcast and Sorry. The, the, yeah, I, wow. uh, I mean, you know what? I, I, I don't mind I that fell, movie. I, I don't either. And I think I fell asleep for the first watch. So it was like a lot of it was new to me. I'm like, I don't remember this. And I was. <laughs> um, like Aquaman is in this movie? Yeah. No. <laughs> he was um, the best part, right? Aquaman? He was what? He was the best part of Justice League? No. Great. Oh, are you. Are you no? I actually like the, the Flash and Wonder Woman. <laughs> I love. I, I, I like the Flash. I, I like Ezra Miller. I actually like. I like the cast, but I, I have a bad thing. I think Michael's heard me say this a couple times, but I have a bit where I love. I actually really like Steppenwolf in the movie because he's our first like middle management villain of all time, where he's <laughs> yeah. just kind of like the, his whole being in the movie is being like, "Listen, guys, I, I I know I suck, but man, you know the guy above me though, he sucks more. Let's just let's just be a team. Just just you know, yeah. give me what I, give me the report, give me the box, and we'll we'll be good." <laughs> well, but I I think the thing with Justice League is what. Well, and whether it was Snyder or we didn't, I don't know, but where we see all of the way that the earth is, the way that humanity is since Superman died, like you see that all in story form and you don't have someone narrating it at the Cicada Club, just explaining every single character and what they're up to now. And like, that's, that is kind of like writing, like, uh, you know, first semester writing almost. <laughs> and, and so it was just such a weird tactic. I remember... I do remember sitting in the theater watching that like the beginning. I probably fell asleep for the rest of it because it all seemed new um, on the rewatch. But all of the the first the opening scenes, I'm like, this is just so like patchwork yeah. storytelling. Um, so I wouldn't mind seeing a director's cut of that. I don't see any place where they can expand on the Ghostbuster story. I was thinking of characters. I think that um, yeah. Kristen Wiig's 
boyfriend gets a little bit of a backstory is what I read. And I'm like, why? Nobody cares about it. And he's not, he's not crucial to the story. Hey, um, honey, how does work today? Yeah. I mean, like. Yeah. I feel like this, that scene that was deleted, the, yeah. the musical sequence where. Mm. Oh, oh where he makes the cops out. dance. Dance. I have a feeling it's just more bits like that. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, are they extending the dancing? Which, as a dance teacher, I'm kind of like, all right, I'll watch it, you know. But, but uh, I don't think that they're going to add to the story. I'm a little interested in Kristen Wiig's boyfriend. Like, you know, how are how are his three sisters? How you know what was his English teacher in second grade's name? No, (laughs) I'm just joking. Yeah, I just don't. I don't see where they're going to add to that. Snyder Cut has like. Steppenwolf and mother boxes, or is it completely different? No, it, yeah, and then and Dark Side is the end. Dark Side is the third act. It's it's Steppenwolf gathering the boxes and Dark Side coming in and them fighting him. Then what was Lex Luthor doing? I thought he was doing that. I mean, Lex Luthor kind of opened as a portal, and, and it, didn't he? I think I see that's the other. I think he activated the the mother the first mother box, and then Cyborg activated the other, and then that was enough for Steppenwolf to come in, and then once they're all activated than dark psycho i don't know was like the joss whedon brought in after yeah i'm just i'm just waiting i'm just waiting for mustache superman to tell me what's happening you know word for word on a on a cell phone camera like a cop it would be funny if that's his clark kent like (laughs) take the mustache and then he rips it off he he takes the glasses off and no one can see the mustache yeah That does seem like a Silver Age Superman power that he could have, like, super mustache. Oh, my God. My Kryptonian cells can instantly grow and ungrow a mustache. You know what, though? I believe it because for the listeners, I have pink hair. And when I wear a hat, nobody recognizes me. Yeah. nobody it's so weird they're like where are you <laughs> i mean i mean I, I will i will say though it's like I me mean, how do you yeah i don't know i think it'd be hilarious he just puts on the glasses and the mustache just fall, like falls off yeah 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 it's gross you know what would be even even crazier is if he pulled the mustache off and threw it like he does the oh. uh insignia <laughs> oh, in the where it wraps around someone Sorry. and they, yeah, they yeah. just look like cousin it and fall yeah, over yeah. <laughs> That would that would make Justice League a ten out of ten for me. I am not gonna lie. If, if dark if dark if that is how Darkseid is defeated, they they don't have to shoot anything. That is that is all CG. You just have to see a hand on screen, you know, yeah. with a mustache flying off, and then dark and then Darkseid just you know yeah, turning into cousin it. I I I hand him hand Snyder an award right now. He's I he's like I'm actually really happy because like for me, I. I like film and I like watching director's cuts and I, I do want to see, I want to be entertained. And especially with the age of streaming services, I feel like anybody or any, any, you know, studio that wants to put out a director's cut or give us a little bit of extra, like Lord of the Rings, you know, Blade Runner, even if, it, even if it is bad, like for me specifically, I think the worst director's cut I've ever seen is actually going to be Mallrats. The Kevin Smith version I- is is so bad. There's a whole plot that carries over the whole movie to literally no payoff where Jeremy London's character is like he's a fugitive because they think that he tried to kill the governor of of New Jersey. Kevin Smith has went off on, you know, Miramax for, you know, editing down his movie to where it is now coherent, well, quasi coherent now. With this, I'm excited for myself for a Zack Snyder cut of justice league because again the movie to me as did solo didn't feel like 
one movie. It felt like how I kind of felt like when my, my parents are getting a divorce, but not like on that level, obviously. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly the same. It was literally that, like, that <laughs> bad, huh? <laughs> no, but, oh my gosh. But like, you know, you, you're an audience Dad, member. I love you both. You're an audience member watching Solo and, and Justice League where you've went on adventures with these characters maybe not well you went on so many adventures and and, and everything with, with han solo with han solo and then you you see this movie where there is like awkward comedy that doesn't really make sense in some part points and some the movie gets really dark and serious and then it just kind of goes away real quick and you're just like and it's kind of like ricochet i do want to ask though as like my one of my final negative questions is that like because of these studios giving in to these these fans or these audiences who want to see a more coherent story, possi- possibly a more coherent story. There are major news outlets like Vanity Fair, Collider, and Screen Rants that are you know saying that this is the worst decision for film. Uh, and those are direct quotes from all three of them said somewhere in their paragraphs, which I, I think that is overkill. How do you guys feel about... You're saying the worst decision ever in film? <laughs> Ever giving the audience the power to complain their way to I, I I could I could tend to agree with that in in a certain in a certain sense. I mean you know it's anytime you ever try to pander to everyone, you usually get something that's so bland and across the board that it just doesn't appeal to anyone. Um I, again, you know, I'll go back to Tarantino again. Like Tarantino just makes movies he wants to see. People talk to him. I've I've been at screenings at the New Bev where like he'll show up to introduce a movie and people will criticize stuff and he's like, shut the fuck up and sit down. He he just doesn't want to hear it. He's like, I don't give a shit what you think about it. Like if you like it, you do. If you don't, don't watch it. And that's right. it. And 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 I could kind of get that attitude. Um, I mean who wants nine people telling you how to make, I mean, Michael Yehudi, you guys make comics. Would you like nine or 10 people coming in and going, does it have to, does it have to have a mustache? I mean, it's like, just let people do what they do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I, I, I I'm a big, comic. Be awesome. well, what, you what? I'd like nine people to read my comics. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. If they bought a copy. Yeah. I'll read it. I, I, like have a co- I have a copy yeah. of every single comic you've made. <laughs> I think. Yeah, there you go. Nine times, and out. <laughs> but, uh, hey, all, okay, so say that you had nine people to read them. If all nine of them came up to you and complained constantly, would you change it? No, no, of course not. No. You know, it's it's if if you want something like that, go out and make something yourself. You know what I mean? Like that's right. that's my opinion. If you if you think that something is terrible, create something and see how hard it is. You know, nobody, I, I do have a theory. The reason, one of the reasons why I kind of want to see what the directors wanted to do is, is because the old saying is true in Hollywood. Like nobody wants to make something bad. Do you, right. I mean, do you think Tommy Wiseau was like, I'm going to make worst movie ever made. It's, you know, I'm going to be ridicule. I would hate, I would hate to be compared to Tommy Wiseau if I was any filmmaker. No, but. but you know, you, you're seeing what I'm saying though. It's like Tommy Wiseau in his own mind, he had a vision. He didn't think it was going to suck. He didn't think it was going to be made fun of. He made something that he wanted to see. And I, I applaud him for that. You know, it's like if he changed it, who knows, you know, would it, would it still be celebrated for the trash, you know, pop art that it is? You know, if, if, if he had executives telling him how to, what he needed to change or if there's a director's guy, like, I don't know, you know, I who knows? But I, I really think that 
it's it's important that uh, that people make what they want to see, and that you know if the director has more of a, a vision that they wanted to get across, I would like to see that. And and as as multiple people here have pointed out, you know, it's like it may not be great. I don't always like a lot of the changes that Ridley Scott does, and I certainly hate the George Lucas changes. But like that's what he wanted to do, you know, let him do it. Like it's yeah. a, you still have the original, like oh, the Watchmen comic. Like that's yeah, like, you, you're always yeah. going to have the Watchmen comic. Like you don't have to like the HBO series or the movie or the before Watchmen stuff. You can love before. I mean, you can love Watchmen and it's canon to you, you know, Four, five and six Star Wars, though. Like, I wish we had the original cuts like me too. Me too. Yeah. If they're all available, like it's never been easier to release a director's cut streaming as long as it, you know, has that asterisk on it and like mm. this is not the original this is like the special edition or whatever side yeah. edition you want to call it. i mean as long as you have the original to go back to then yeah and that's something that i wish i i could i would have you know i think we have the vhs but like who has a <laughs> vcr um yeah. yeah i i think that when it comes to to director's vision if that has been seriously kind of dismantled or shifted and affected the end product, then I can see the importance of having a director's cut or if the studio really insisted that it had to be a certain length. And so they had to cut something, but they hope to salvage it later in a director's cut. I can see that. But when it is driven by, um, you know, I've changed my mind or the worst would be like fan service. Um, those things, then you have a different motivation and it's not, it's no longer about the storyteller. Yeah. Um, but it's mm. about kind of giving into what those with the power oh, want. Yeah. I mean, the, the like Sonic though, like that turned yeah. out better, right? Like I love that the, movie. The <laughs> kind of like helped it, right? Yeah. yeah. But that's yeah. after the fact. It's not like they released it and they went, well, you know what? Let's change the teeth. And right. release the. I mean, the, I will, the better teeth version. I will say they yeah. did that with cats, though. They did. They did a patch on that movie. You know, after the oh, yeah. first week. I mean, you know, I, God, I can't. I say so they get back to the like the original kind of idea of like, is, does this set a bad precedent? I don't think it does because yeah. HBO, like, no one forced HBO to do this. There wasn't like such a groundswell. Yeah. That HBO was like locked in their offices being like, what are we going to do? They want the Snyder cut. No, it was there like, <laughs> how can we get money? Yeah. How can we get money for our new subscription service? Yeah. I mean, oh, just there's enough telling, interest in this. Well, just we'll saying, yeah, just saying there's a Snyder cut, put the word HBO Max in all these articles oh, yeah. and that yep. the publicity for them. Like, for if that one, like, yeah. Do you think that maybe Suicide Squad might even carry the same weight if it was no, released as not well? At all. No, you, because you know who's calling for the David Iyer cut? No, David, Iyer. David Iyer. No one else. <laughs> yes. No one else is talking about it. Yeah, but only be, only because David Iyer's like, hey, I got a cut that's almost yeah. ready. No one was asking him. <laughs> Sit down, David. Sit down. <laughs> I would I like was. to see it though. I'm I'm actually more curious to see that than I would be the Justice League cut. To be honest with you, I, I I'm the same way. Yeah, I yeah. I, actually, I actually really want to see. I mean, he he, they haven't confirmed an hour and a half worth of footage of Joker, and I I'm just one. Of those, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm, I changed I'm, my mind. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's not in the movie. I'm just saying, like they have it just in general, and like mm. I'm I'm 
I'm I am one of those few people who just can't get tired of Joker. Like I I like seeing different like I I like seeing different iterations. I've talked with Mike about this where I would love it if you know, every three years, a different director and actor paired up and just did their own Joker movie that's not connected to anything at all and just told a different story, maybe a different origin movie, different older Joker, younger Joker, middle Joker, like, you know, like yeah. just, just doing something different, like having it be like American Horror Story. It's like different <laughs> troop. I would love it. I mean, I, I think he's a character where you just, you can do pretty much, I mean, they made him a god for a split second and, you know, in the comic books. I mean, they, you can do anything with Joker, but that's just me. Has, uh, has anybody seen, sorry, what's that, you, Hootie? As long as you get one Mr. Freeze movie and then you can have all your. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Heath Ledger is Mr. Freeze. No, have, has anybody seen that? Uh, I think it was a tweet or an Instagram post that Michael Uslan, who's the, you know, owner of the rights to the Batman movies, he he put out something about the Joker. He was like, Joaquin Phoenix joins the pantheon of great Jokers, and he named every single person who has ever played the Joker except for Jared Leto. I saw like that, he yeah. literally named people who like played the Joker in commercials in the thirty. You know what I mean? It's like it's like Manfredo Mancala, you know, who did a a cigarette <laughs> commercial in nineteen forty three. Like he named everyone but Jared Leto. So I think even that's that's so you know, sad. I don't know. I don't. Yeah. I heard he was a total douchebag while he was making it because he stayed in character. Yeah. yeah. He, I just don't mind his Joker. Like it's annoying the tattoos, especially like really really bother me. But like again, I I want to see different variations i like i don't like seeing the same thing over and over again which is uh, honestly my my opinion on star wars movies like i'm just star wars out i'm tired of seeing the same thing over and over again i'm tired of seeing stormtroopers like i that's why i live i I love star trek where i'm like i'm like what's in this episode a god cue cool all right cool i don't need a borg again i don't need to cling on i don't need a you know Kardashian, I don't need these, 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 blah, 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 blah. But Star Wars, it's just the same thing, like over and over again, except for didn't like. You, do you, but you didn't love in Rise of the Skywalker where Poe had that great line where it was like, yep, they've got Death Star tech on all of them. Nope. Uh, just I, totally I, like. How many Death Star? The, you know, the, the funniest thing about the Empire is that they should team up with Cyberdyne. In, in the world's worst ideas, like like the Terminator, let's send back another Terminator to try to kill John Connor again. It's like, try a different approach. It's the same thing, six movies in a row. And it's like, in Star Wars, they're like, let's keep building more and bigger Death Stars. It's like, it didn't work the first three times. Maybe you should try something else. Yeah. But they keep throwing the damn Death Star. With Yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, go, going back to this, I have two more questions and that's it. What effect do you think releasing... Let's just say in a hypoth- hypothetically, I don't think I think two of the three are going to be released. I don't I do not think Ghostbusters will be released, but I do. I I do you think that this will have a good um, or what effect do you think that this will take for the film industry and the audience in the future? I'm I'm seeing studios full of coked out executives gra- running into the archives and grabbing as much <laughs> crap as they can find to replicate that and make as much money as they can. We're going to get a Citizen Kane director's cut. We're going to we, get, you know, Casablanca. I would watch the, the heck out of that. Just, just last you know, year, we we got an Orson Welles movie. That, but, wait, by wait, the way, no that saw, movie right? was really amazing. It was what, really was it amazing. Good? Essentially, yeah, the, it's, like some friends of Orson Welles, like finished his last movie. Wow. Like it's needed it's, to be edited. Not, and, it was his editor. Yeah, his, his editor, editor went in and basically yeah. took the notes and edited it. And they even got, uh, it was John Huston 
in the movie and and he died and some of his ADR was undone and Danny Houston came in and did the ADR for it. He sounds That's exactly insane. like him. It's nice. not a perfect movie, but I mean, you know, Orson Welles to me is is kind of like uh like 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 Christopher Nolan, his worst movie is going to be better than almost anyone else's. You know what I mean? And so like Orson, the the cinematography and it, it's black and white. It's it's absolutely beautiful. It's really long, but it's well worth watching yeah. if you're a fan of Orson Welles. And it was and it was his. It was the director's cut because yeah. he refused to cut it. You know the way that the studio wanted it, and they shelved it. So they put it together, and Netflix paid knowing that they probably weren't going to make that money back. Mm-hmm. Wow. So that, to me, that's 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 a worthwhile thing. But yeah. Netflix, yeah. I, I see as executives who, who tend to make really good decisions most of the time versus executives at other places who make terrible decisions. So, well, what's interesting is we might see more of this stuff as, like, as the sort of content queue dries up because of the pandemic mm-hmm. and nothing's being True. filmed. Mm-hmm. Let's grab this movie from five years ago add the extra scene and then there you go you got a new yeah. revenue stream we have bella lugosi fell down uh you know fell down doing dracula let's put it in the movie and just say that that dracula can't you know he's not good with gravity unless he's in bat form i'm just kidding no uh how about just like <laughs> dracula but now with the score besides like swan lake you know yeah. <laughs> has anybody as as a total side note has anybody seen the spanish version of dracula have you heard of this yeah I've I've got, got, it's, the, it's um, such an amazing story yeah, yeah got it's, the dvd it's, it's, that has the bell it's amazing and the spanish version it's really yeah, the Spanish yeah. version is is just as good or better than the original. Mm-hmm. But the, but for those of you who don't know about it, like uh, the the Spanish crew would sneak in at night and shoot the same. They took the script and they brought in Spanish actors, unbeknownst to Universal, and they shot a complete, you know, Dracula in Spanish. And I love that. <laughs> it, it's 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 amazing. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hollywood used to do that. Like I saw clips of like Jimmy Durante movies where it's like. One take would be in English. They'd say cut, and the next take would be in Spanish. Yeah, like they they do it back to. Let's back do like another that. one without the nose, Jimmy. I think they were <laughs> off the big nose. <laughs> How does everybody else feel, Sandra and Mike? I, I think so much is just up in the air right now with studios in general because we don't have any movies coming out. The other day, I saw a trailer for something, but it was because I was watching something on DVR. I'm like, oh, that's right. Like I forgot we don't see movie trailers anymore. Um, so I I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it will change because I have no idea what's even going to happen. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I think like it's been said, I, as content starts to dry up a little, because there will be an interruption. Like they're already talking about film and TV production starting up again in a month or two. So it's just going to be like a weird kind of stopgap where we might see weird, weird stuff that's just released just to fill the airwaves. Like, I mean, like yeah. the network TV brought back the movie of the week for a while yeah. to just be yeah. like, we don't have any shows. So let's put on Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like we did 20 or 30 years ago on TV. Um, so I don't think we're going to see a huge, I don't think we're going to see a lot of it because I just don't think we'll need to, but yeah. as a stopgap, we might see some interesting stuff come out of this. Absolutely. I have a question. Does anyone or is anyone up for trying to get the Josh Trank Fantastic Four? Well, he uh, I saw explore. a tweet about that. Yeah, he, yeah, he's not down, right? Yeah, he uh, oh, he he, he his, has, his movies are dreadful. He has spoke oh, he has spoken out that he is a hundred percent against uh, yeah. his own vision of the Fantastic Four film. So we are safe, uh, and I'm pretty no, sure. Wait, this, when did you say that recently? Because it wasn't today. 
Oh, okay. Uh, as of the 26th. Wow. That was, that was very rare. He's like, he just said it just yeah. now in a tweet uh, that I'm reading live. Famous from, I had it up. Uh, his original tweet, right? Yeah, his original tweet was like, "There, there's a good movie that I made, but they've destroyed it, like yeah. essentially." And um, and then and then Capone came out and he had to backwalk it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah. I think he's just so upset with the studio, and that's why, like, he's just like, "I don't want any." I, I just, I just don't think he. I think he wanted to be asked a couple questions and then just be done of it and then watch. I thought he was just trying to like, you know, get people to stop talking about it. Is essentially what he, I think. What yeah, I think he he understands that he killed his career. Yeah, and today at 1 p.m. Capone had been a hit, it'd be okay, but it it wasn't. So he's oh. he's got to tread carefully if he wants to continue to work. That's true. So I think him hammering about like, yeah, go see, release my good Fantastic Four movie that nobody wants. Like it's amazing he's, that he's guy like that. Now. Yeah, still, still working. Like yeah. how do these? I mean, it, fail? yeah, M Night Shyamalan. You know, he he's he. Oh God. He he works. I mean, he has two movies. He's making two movies at the moment, like, or like, you know, obviously not at this moment. But you know, he is he is in. They they have started filming, is what I'm saying. He's shooting two movies at the same time right now. If you ever needed proof that the Illuminati is real, M Night Shyamalan and Josh Trank continue to get work <laughs> when great directors struggle and struggle and cannot. I feel find like it. Shyamalan like. I mean, Sixth Sense was such a phenomenon. Like that mm-hmm. was that's like once in a generation phenomenon movie. Like what did Josh Trank like? What did, I don't even know any of his other movies. Other than, uh, what's the Chronicle? Chronicle. Chronicle. Yeah, was, that was it. Chronicle, yeah. right? Okay, but that was like all right. I remember back, you know, in the two, you know, in the the beginning of the two thousands, like the first ten years, and even in the nineties, like director's cuts were kind of a big deal. Like even I, I just, I mean, I have thousands of dvds because i worked at a resale yeah. store but i mean they exactly. were so dvds they were so yeah. so so uh well i know but like but i mean with streaming it's the same thing as a, as a dvd you know it's it's still a release that people can go to and watch over and over and over again no matter what it is still a type of release where you can have a director's cut and the thing is is that in the past since the 2010s for some reason the amount and there are a few articles regarding this I'll there are less uh, director's cuts being released in films and a lot of a lot some of the articles are you know saying that everybody's doing the marvel thing where they're just going big budget and like you know trying to stay you know relevant and that's why there's no director's cuts but you know there are way less director's cuts being released nowadays which is weird because it would be easier for a streaming service to have it well, I feel like it's because, like, I mean, majority of the movies now are these huge tentpole mm-hmm. products that studios are putting out. So, yeah. like, that's the original vision is the company's vision. Like, that's yeah, that's that that's their cut. Like, they're putting it out. That's true. Whereas, like, yeah. less tour driven movies, like, you're just gonna have less director's cuts because it's like, yeah, oh, okay. These, I was going to say, the only time I've ever heard of studio intervention making something amazing was the ending of Casablanca. Uh, supposedly, the movie fell very flat at the end with the uh, roundup. The usual. Yeah, and so one of the executives basically said, we need to shoot a cutaway of, uh, I forgot the inspector's name right now, but the inspector looking at Rick, Rick looking back and them acknowledging that he's letting him go and then turning and saying, round up the usual suspects tanking with studios or with the uh, with the test audiences till they added those two shots and then suddenly for some reason it made the movie brilliant 
And so that's the only time I've ever seen an executive come in and make it, you know, a decision that made a movie incredible. Hey, Sandra, you're a big uh, Neil Gaiman fan. When when yeah. they were releasing Beowulf, they I was like, why do you not have Neil Gaiman's name on the poster? And the lady was like, who? And I'm like, he's a fucking like award winner. He, like he's one of the most famous authors on the planet. They refuse to put his name on the poster. That's that's the kind of decisions that are being made at these studios. So you know, I mean, I I would say though, I get it because unfortunately, a lot of people don't read. And so and unless you put the author's name in their content, um, like Stephen King, everybody knows Stephen King because they know the shows and all the adaptations, but they don't read his stuff. I, I mean, I read all his stuff, but it's Stephen because King is a writer. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's written a couple. Um, so <laughs> that's terrible. But I kind of understand because people don't read. And so unless they've gotten into the habit of putting Neil Gaiman on there on film or, or television shows and they're not going to know who he is. I feel so, like yeah, right now he's a household name. I feel like he is now, but back with Beowulf, no. I mean, I, I didn't know that the guy who cameoed in Creepshow was, you know, a, a writer as well. So thank you for talking. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. I'm sorry. I, I like, the, I like the most like famous like, like cameo that's like the worst cameo of all time or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm sorry. So I, I was looking up because I actually like, like I, I had a few movies come to my head, but like I, I kind of disagree. I think in studio involvement is sometimes an, a, a phenomenal thing. Like I remember uh, learning, like you know, the studio involvement of, of Wizard of Oz was like you know save that film because that movie, the you know the original classic was like on a whole like like the director was lost and like and everything and it was just like an un unproduced film because it was just. A monstrous, and then also Rogue One as well, with reports of the original, you know, the original cut is just so unwatchable that Disney was like, "No, do this again now." Um, they, like, they, I, they, I would make the argument though that in the seventies, film changed. I think your Daryl Zanuck and your Warner Brothers and the people that made movies in the thirties and forties went with their guts, yeah, and they kind of had an inherent sense of storytelling because of the, you know, they'd been through everything in the world that you could possibly throw at them wars, you know, that had just, you know, it's, war, war was new in the thirties and forties. You know what I mean? It, it it wasn't something, I mean, not war, but world wars and things like that. They'd been through so much. They were able to know a good story. And I think after star Wars and when people saw these tent poles, they just threw all of that out the window and just went for the buck. So I think, I think anything that was pre seventies, you know, the executives kind of knew what they were doing and it just kind of flew out the window after that. That's just That's a personal a, opinion. But. Sort of on, on, on that though, Vito, I think there's uh, kind of the idea that old Hollywood, you got to remember that they churned out, like yeah. literally each studio churned out 60, 70, 80 movies a year. Yeah. We just remember true. the good ones. Yeah. Right? That's true. true. So true. It's, it's like, it was more of a factory system. And then as yeah, that's true. Then as yeah, we went, nobody remembers forward. Night of the Witch or whatever, the Preston Sturgis, you exactly, know, but they remember yeah. Sullivan's travels. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Absolutely. So, but that is true. Like at the 70s, that changed like the first blockbuster. Jaws was the first blockbuster and that really changed movies. I, I would um, I would love to talk about blockbusters with with the, with, with, with you guys as panelists uh, on a bonus episode if you guys are down for that in the future. Yeah. But yeah, yeah of course. I, I do want to ask the last question of the night to just just to end this discussion as much as I love talking film with you guys as well. But uh, I, I do I do want to ask with these three cuts, 
just somehow if all three of them are released, you know, just to kind of settle and just for people to kind of see where you guys stand from, would you watch them on on a streaming service that you already currently own? Or or even purchase it yeah. on iTunes, Amazon, or on DVD Blu-ray? Yeah, I, definitely. I, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I, I'd watch uh, Suicide Squad. I'd probably watch Snyder Cut just so I can talk to everyone who's watched it. <laughs> Ghostbusters, I don't, it'd have to be free. I don't okay. know if I'd watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Poor, somewhere Paul Feig, there's a tear running down Paul yes, Feig's face. Sorry. <laughs> He's doing fine. He made peanuts. So, you would pay like three, four bucks to rent Justice League Suicide Squad? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, who, who, who else? I would, I would probably watch justice league and suicide squad i think i would actually genuinely watch ghostbusters just because i didn't like it when i saw it um i thought it looked like it was supposed to be a universal studios ride um because man that that movie just is colors flying at your face um so i would like to give it another chance because it's it's my it's a cast that i love in a movie that i did not like so any excuse to try to give it another chance yeah i think of all of them, that would be the one I'd most likely be like, yeah, I'll watch that one. Absolutely. Alrighty, Vito, Yehudi? Uh, I'd watch all three of them. Okay. I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm i always willing to give something a chance. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I would pay extra for any of them, but yeah, if they were on my you know, already streaming service existing, yeah. Alrighty. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. So you you heard it here, audience. If people are actually going to either buy it or even watch it, watch it, or what they how they feel about the these uh, you know these cuts, no matter who you are listening to it, they probably said something that you agree with, and uh, hopefully this answers some questions. Thank you guys so much for being panelists and talking to me about about this because I I love talking film and I love seeing directors cuts and I like seeing how people view you know, something that wasn't produced come out. So thank you guys for being here. And the last thing thank for tonight you. is where can they find you, your work and everything else? Please plug away. We will start off with Michael and then go to Sandra, Yehudi, then Vito. You can find me on my website by michaeltanner.com where you can find blog posts, uh, my web store, short stories, whatnot. You can also hear me on my show here on the Grand Geek Gathering Network, Burn After Pitching. It's a comedy podcast where we have people pitch ideas on subjects from movies, TV shows, abstract concepts, cereal. candy bars, cereal, all sorts <laughs> of pitches. When am I going to be on that one? Pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds great, man. All righty. And Sandra? Uh, you can find me on um, Twitter and Instagram at sand underscore rad you can find us at the story geeks uh storygeeks.org i think <laughs> I'll correct and, you find, and find us on twitter facebook and instagram at the story geeks perfect uh and yeah you can find me uh on instagram at super mercado comics and twitter at why mercado uh my website is supermercado.pizza Awesome! Wow, dot pizza. And what is what is that? How did you get that? Yeah, pay a little extra. It's worth it. (laughs) And uh, pretty awesome. And fun, fun, fun world is now available from yes, fun, fun, fun world. The the release kind of got botched because of this whole pandemic. It's it's just now being released in comic book shops tomorrow. So uh, yeah, hopefully everyone will buy it. Yes. Alrighty, and Vito. 
Uh, you could find me on uh, all of the social medias. I try to abstain from them as much as possible. And when I'm on there, I try to be as positive as possible. Uh, I'm on Instagram. It's the underscore last underscore Shogun. Uh, I tried everything <laughs> and everything was taken. So that was what I got. And then I'm on, uh, you know, Twitter at, at Vito Lepicola. Sorry I took Vito Lepicola 69 from you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm shaking my fist at you. Find me on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, you know the drill. And of course, uh, my podcasts. Uh, we don't do comics on comics uh, as a podcast anymore, but we still do conventions uh, like uh, LA Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, things like that. And uh, So Fast, So Furious, the ultimate Fast and the Furious podcast can be found on any of the social or social media, any of the podcast uh, catchers that you prefer. All righty. And as always, all links and everything to all of y'all's work and everything is going to be included in the article of this podcast. Thank you guys for being here. You guys are all awesome. And I really enjoy talking to you guys and hearing Thank what you have to say. Thanks for having me on. And- and thanks for you listeners for listening. And you can check out all of our podcasts on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and any podcast app. Or you can go to the website, thegrandgeekgathering.com, and you will find more information, again, of these guests in this article on that website. And, you know, go ahead and look around because we have eight other podcasts. We have videos on our YouTube and other articles from our writers as well. So go to thegrandgeekgathering.com. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and I stream five nights a week during the quarantine on Twitch. The music has been provided by Midnight Shinigami. Have a wonderful week. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Wash your hands. You know, uh, air hug your, your family. And GGG. Grand. Gathering.